Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDSE. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Hey, hey, I'm Jimmy Bullard, and this is me old muck of Benners. We're back together, son. How are you? Hi, Bully. Great to be back working with you. What are we doing here, though? We're starting a football club in podcast form. The only thing we know, it's called FC Bullard. After that, it's all up for grabs. So, we haven't got any players, we haven't got a kit, we haven't got a club badge, we haven't got a stadium. Correct. FC Bullard. Welcome to the club. This is a crowd podcast. Hello and welcome to our show. I'm Joe Marler and this is Tom Fordyce. Bonjour, Jojo. You have returned from the France. The France. The France. You mean La France. La France. Yes. Have you picked up more French at Uh, all? Yes. Come on then. Come on. No. You meant to speak French to me. Yeah, no, I did. Okay. Commonetto. <laughs> See? That was good. Ça va? Ça va? Ça va bien? Tout va bien? Et tout? Tout va bien? Très bien. Bibliothèque. À la piscine? Why is it that people always go for the swimming pool and they need to find they're somewhere? The, they're the things. Have you actually ever wanted to find a swimming pool in a French town? No, but I have. the reason I go with Bibliothèque and La Piscine and Chat or uh, Poulet mm. is they're the things that you learn at school, mm. the main ones to learn these French words, and they're the only ones that have stuck. Did you or, go to a bibliothèque in your time at the World Cup? I did, actually. I went to the the National Bibliothèque in Paris. <laughs> yeah. uh, what did you find then? Which book did you take out? No, no, I didn't go inside. You was, just uh, It was outside. You were in an Uber and it went past... No, we were sat outside waiting for an Uber, actually. Um, and then I went, oh. And then I looked on the map because I was waiting for the car. And went, it says it's the bibliotheque. And I went, fuck, that is a massive library. That's There's loads of books in there, yeah. A bibliotheque. A what? A bibliotheque. One of your worst. <laughs> um, did you go to a swimming pool that wasn't part of the hotel complex? I did, actually. I went to like a community centre swimming pool. Did you? The forwards went there with a... Uh, as a recovery day and it was that video I put out of Coley <laughs> so we tried putting out all these floats lining them up and doing the running as fast as they can down yes. so Courtney had just been and he made it all the way Ollie Chesham did it and made it all the way I went Coley you've got to do it he was like no no I went Coley you've got to do it he was like alright then I'll give it a go you know he's, you know what he's mm. like he's you know, stubborn um, 
and him just slipping on the first thing. <laughs> he didn't really commit to it. We'll put this on our social feeds. He didn't look like he was ever trying to run down the float. <laughs> he didn't, he under- just- <laughs> didn't understand the concept that if you stand on a float, <laughs> he went as he his went two-footed <laughs> as well. <laughs> it's going to sink. He How much just- does Cola Bay of weigh, if that's not a personal question? Well, he would weigh somewhere between 125 and 135 kilos. Okay. Depending on how much red wine or bread and cheese he's had in that week. At one point, I was heavier than him. Um, In fact, I think I am heavier than him. He was pleased pleased with that achievement uh, for once. But on the same uh, swimming pool session, we actually had a small flume. Small flume. A small flume. A petit flume. was turned off. But we said, can we turn it on? <laughs> <laughs> and they understood that, so they went, yeah, they went, yeah. they went, we, 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 and we were, I think we got up to a four man train. Did you, how, and it's when like you a say small, small how, how many bends? It was two bends, it was a small, a left and a right, a chicane. It, in fact, it was three bends then, so it was, no, two bends, and then a curl round like a tail of a. Yeah. Rattlesnake. Rattlesnake. <laughs> um, <laughs> More like a pig's tail. No, it was definitely a rattlesnake. Okay. Because at the end, it, it like shook because of the weight. Oh. The, the bolts are actually coming loose. Who was the four-man train? Uh, there was me, uh, Jamie George, Ellis so Ken. Who was the engine, i.e. the man at the front of the train? Uh, Jamie George. Okay. Who was the goods van, i.e. last carriage? I was the goods van. Okay, we've got two positions left. I'm going to give you one of you first class, which is the f- first carriage after the engine. Genji. Genji's first class. And who's the buffet car? Bevan Rod. Oh, I didn't expect Bevan Rod in there. Yeah, so it, it, I was very reluctant to get in the water, um, to begin with. So I just sat on the side watching the boys. And then I made Coley do that, but I still hadn't got in the water. And then Jamie Jordan. The, this flume, boys have been going around like constantly. They were nine-year-old kids just loving life. Uh, but I was very reluctant. And then Jamie came over and said, come on, big guy, come down the flume with me. I went, what? Together? He went, yeah, come on. So it started off as just me and him. Classic Jamie. And then we added another, and then we added another. And then it got weird when Will Stewart and Bevan Rod and Jack Walker did a, like, like a 69, like <laughs> they went head at that end, head at that end, and mm. then head at that end, and then came down it. And it was... Yeah, it was pretty weird for that pool stuff. Why the fuck are we talking so much about swimming pools? Well, this pod's going to be slightly different, Joe, because you're just back from the World Cup. So Mm. we're going to do a little bit of a debrief about the World Cup. If you prefer, I can go into some significant levels of detail on the pool match against Argentina. But I found found myself naturally drawn towards swimming pool antics. One more question on the goods train. Was it legs around? Legs around. Legs around hips. Legs around hips, yes. Hands on shoulders? You could feel shaft in the lower of your back. (laughs) Fortunately, I couldn't feel anyone shaft. That's why I went at the back. Yeah. Not that I've got a problem with feeling shaft. Like, you feel whatever shaft you want, as long as it's consensual. Big time. But I just didn't want it in the lower part of my back on that occasion. Uh, Biscuit Club, which I'm sure uh, this particular World Cup was renamed to Le Club de Biscuit. Who featured this time? Actually, heavily featured was a Quinn's Sarries amalgamation. Across the barricades? Yeah, really, because 
I fucking hate Saris. It's very different from the World As, Cup in Japan. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I hate Saris. A oh, fucking scumbag organisation. But individually, I fucking love them. So there was me, Danny Kerr, Jamie George, yeah. Ben Earl, mm. who he actually wipes his ass with his left peck. Does he? Because he's got the world's biggest mole on his <laughs> left peck. And every time I see him with his top off, I said, mate, you're going to have to stop wiping your ass with your left peck. And he's just like, this is ridiculous. He loved that chat, didn't he? I mean, that yeah. wouldn't get tiresome at all in no. eight weeks away uh, from home. Elliot Daly and the skips himself, Faz. And um, that was the crew that sort of... That was the Hardcore Biscuit Club? Where no was, Ben Youngs? No, Lenny... No, he wasn't part of the Hardcore Biscuit Club this time mm. around. He kept him himself to himself. I think he was going through the ringer a little bit in terms of selection-wise. Oh, for sure. Emotionally as well. He, he'd he sort of made his mind up this is going to be his last World Cup and he was trying to soak it in in a different way. He didn't really want me sapping the fucking life out of him. He wanted to make the most of his last involvement. No idea how he feels. <laughs> And we weren't actually just Sappy Biscuit Club. We were, we got out and about. We loved it, mate. We were playing, God knows how much golf. God knows how much paddle. I actually played more golf than paddle. Than I would I like to come on to both the golf and the paddle, but just on the biscuit, first of all, did you source your contraband before crossing the channel or source it from perhaps a handy E. Leclerc? I went heavily loaded with uh, M&S. Ah, the round biscuits, my specialties. The classic M&S round biscuit. At least 12 bu boxes made their way into my suitcase. Chocolates or plain? What do you mean? Were they chocolate? Yeah, they're always chocolate. You can't... <laughs> <laughs> I haven't really picked up on this French malarkey yet, have I? Uh, they went pretty quick. But then being in France, like, fuck it, they love their chocolate and sweets out mm. there. So we were just filling our boots regularly. Any new items that you hadn't experienced before? You know, like in France, you'll often get a, a, a different flavour crisp, maybe a paprika. They had the, I can't remember the flavour Cheetos, but they're a unique flavour Cheetos. I remember picking one of them up on a line bike midway through a night out with Elliot Daly. Um, we got about six bags of Cheetos, mm. an ice lolly and a bottle of rum. <laughs> and I'd love to see that receipt going we through. Were, yeah, and we were going on these line bikes trying to get to the next bar slash club. Um, like where's it? drop us a pin drop us a pin and he's gone s scooting off <clears throat> and I've lost him and then next thing I hear is just ah! <gasps> and then I'm coming over and all I see is Elliot Daly on the floor surrounded by four or five people asking if he's alright his bike's crashed or whatever he'd cra managed to crash into the back of a parked van <laughs> and these people came oh my god are you okay he was just lying there he was like yeah they're English yeah just waiting for I think, are you, are you okay? <laughs> <laughs> are you okay? Are you okay? Are you okay? <laughs> and, uh, are you okay? <laughs> and he just said, he was like, yeah, I'm just waiting for my friend. And then I turned up and I was like, what the fuck, mate? You went, that van came out of nowhere. I went, it's parked. He's hang on. So he's, crashed his bike and he's lying on the ground and his reason for both crashing his bike and lying on the ground is that he's waiting for his mate <laughs> what did he just use the brakes and then just pop a foot down yeah, and stand mate, there? yeah exactly he went the hardcore way 
Um, what else was there? No, that was it. Yeah, we I had a really enjoyable time off the field, mate. I d- and I did actually really enjoy myself on the field. You know, I understood what role I was going to play in that in that team, and um, I thoroughly enjoyed myself. Before we get on to the rugby, rugby, rugby bit, um, golf, single best shot that you played in France? I putted from off the green. What? I'd say it's at least 17 feet away from off the green. And it's on camera. And it was fucking phenomenal. Other than that, if there was any bit of water in front of me, Mm. I made sure my ball was in there. Especially the time on the last course we played. We played the um, Golf Nationale, the Ryder Cup one. 2018, yeah. And my ball's gone in the water. and I, But I can see it. It's quite shallow. So I was like, fuck, I'm just going to go get that because I've just spent an arm and leg buying these balls and all the gear, by the way, from the shop. <laughs> Some of the gear I've got, <laughs> I look great. And I'm there on my knees. It's the pissing wet. <laughs> my arm's drenched and I've managed to just get the ball finally. Drop it out. Here we go. Plop. Straight back in the fucking water. Nowhere near nowhere near able to get it back. And that just summed my golf up, really. But I did manage to break 100. And on the 18th of um, the course we played, there was a massive lake at the end of it near the green. And I've, I've never been so happy in my life. Like, even all my kids being born. Not even close. Didn't even come close. And I sprinted around this green. And there was a split second when I'm fucking going for this. I'm going to bomb it into this. But then I thought there might be crocodiles in there. So it's possible. I made the wise move not to do it. The paddle tennis. uh, This is a craze that has swept the Western world in the last couple of years. For people who don't know what paddle tennis is, it's like a smaller court, but a bit like squash, but not. It's. I, I, I would say it's like a. An all abilities Ooh. tennis court. You know, like I'm I can't move my feet, but I can still play a bit of paddle and it's enjoyable. Do you know what I mean? A bit like uh what's that thing they do with squash balls to make it better for fat people? Put different coloured dots on them. Yeah, but they make them like big so they bounce more, don't they? Yeah. That's basically what paddle's done with the ball just stays tennis. up. <laughs> <laughs> and it bounces back at you off the back wall. But when I said, when I told you about this paddle, why did you say it's, I, th- I think it's actually padel? Well, this is a problem for me. I've never played the game, but I've heard it referred to by both things. We've but you know discussion. how to read, don't you? Yeah. So P-A-D-E-L. Don't start. It's, P-A-D-E-L. What's the word? The English language is not based on phonetic spelling. So don't even start with me on that one. Were you playing singles or doubles? And if you were playing doubles, who was your partner? And if you played doubles, what was your greatest victory? And also your lowest moment? Doubles? (laughs) Funnily enough, I didn't manage to nail down a double partner. There wasn't many people lining up going, oh, I'll go with him. Uh, My first partner, who was my first partner? I think I played with Faz. Oh, he'd be decent, wouldn't he? Yeah, he was good, actually. He was getting quite frustrated with my level. I can imagine. There there wasn't a huge, like, encouragement from him. He was just laughing at me and and just mocking me. Uh, Or setting the others up to then bat at me. My greatest day was beating Courtney Laws and... uh, Who was his partner? Fuck. Courtney Laws and Elliot Daly partnered up in the bronze final week. Mm. 
and I went with Ferg, the security guy, who's yep. 75. Minimum. Did you carry Ferg or the other way around? Ferg carried me. Yeah. Uh, yeah. But we beat them and they were fucking livid. <sighs> but halfway through, I was getting this pain in my chest and I genuinely thought I was having a heart attack. Bear in mind, I'm playing with the 75-year-old <laughs> and I'm the one thinking I'm having a heart attack. So I was struggling with that. And then I also <laughs> let him down a bit because it gets quite hard. So midpoint, I just start, I just stop and lean on the glass and say, Ferg, I need you to just carry the baton from now. And he's like, <laughs> so not really the greatest partner, but I think I'd like us to go and padel together. Well, we had a little discussion, didn't we, uh, in quarterfinal week, and you, you brought up the Padel scenario. We decided that if we were to get the dream team together, you would dominate the net on our behalf, and I would just basically patrol the baseline, do the run. Yeah, because the dominating the net sort of puts a bit of fear into the opposition. They're like, oh, God, who's this fucking ogre just staring down and shouting yeah. shit? And it also means that I don't actually fuck it up by hitting the ball at all. It's just, yeah. <laughs> So this is a win-win. Shrink the Box is back for a brand new season. This is the podcast where we put our favourite fictional TV characters into therapy. Join me, Ben Bailey-Smith, and our brand new psychotherapist, Namone Metaxas. Hi, Ben. Yes, this season we're going to be putting the likes of Tommy from Peaky Blinders, Cersei from Game of Thrones on the couch to learn why their behaviour creates so much drama. So make sure you press the follow button to get new episodes as soon as they land on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, Amazon Music, or wherever you get your podcasts. Shrink the Box is a Sony Music Entertainment original podcast. So that's the golf and the tennis, Jojo, to the rugby. Um, the gonna, rug, as they say in France, le rugby. Hmm. So what they call it? Jouet. <laughs> I'm going to throw a couple of key moments. Um, in fact, they're not key moments. They're just moments that featured you. They didn't really impact uh, that heavily on the tournament. Although one of them did. First of all, um, I'm going to make a noise and you guess the instant. Boing, out of boners I had. <laughs> that would have been. <laughs> the ball bouncing off my head, of course. The ball bouncing off your head, Joe, which became a social media sensation. Yeah. it. Um, first of all, it's a ridiculous rule that that's play on. Yeah. Like, it's ridiculous. How the fuck can a ball hit someone's head and, that's, and go forward and, yeah, pick it up and you can score? Did you know the rule? No, I had no idea. No. I just thought, because Will Stewart was inside me and the shape is he should have been slightly deeper, like a few steps back. And the ball was going to go across him and put me in a hole and oh. I would have scored under the sticks for my very first try. Very first international point. Very first international point, um, of which he fucked up, got in the way so that I couldn't see the ball coming. And it's gone straight on the bonce forward. Courtney sort of like, so everyone stopped. Courtney's picked it up because he did know the rule and went and touched it down. I was like, yeah, fucking, you're welcome. Don't worry about it. <laughs> but the, the funny thing was, people were like, oh, you're taking the piss after. We do this activation, which is just such a ball lake, about five or six hours before kickoff. We all meet to do stretching and then some movement and some power movement with medicine balls and that lot to, meant to activate you and get you ready. And I'm like... Oh, 33 
can't I just activate when I get to the stadium? Yeah. Like, the game's miles away, so I don't really do too much, and they're fine with that as long as I don't sap anyone else about. So me and Coley are stuffed in the corner, and Jamie George notices us, and he comes over because he's like, oh, I'm getting a bit of this. Just come and chill. And then Alid, the conditioner, was like, are you fuckers going to do anything? Like, semi-joking. And I went, uh, I'll do a bit of jumping if you want. So I started taking the piss and doing the, like, Vinnie Jones... One, do a two, hand down on the floor, two, and then got Coley to do a couple of headers as well. And then it's, I don't believe in that shit, obviously. But then I went and headed the ball and said, so maybe I should do that more often. You're not actually giving me any respect whatsoever because I did set up a, a, well, try, this a, was, a legit try beforehand. This was raised in the Fordyce uh, family <laughs> household as we watched because the commentator um, on ITV um, claimed that the header was... The, the best assist you'd ever come up with, which seemed to overlook the actual very nice little bit of cheeky hands, which <laughs> led to. An- but then that's Literally. my own fault, isn't it? I've I've uh, played the fool for so long that that's all people expect. It's taken a more serious turn than I expected. This pod. <laughs> um, let's let's talk about another favourite moment on social media when good old Faf the clerk has come tearing out the line. And decided just to sort of nuzzle you in the in the midriff. Reverse the roles for a second. Mm. Yeah. You take him out off the ball. Reverse the roles for a second. Hang on, you're playing scrum half for South Africa. No. <laughs> <laughs> right. Reverse the roles, sort of, you know what I mean. I tackle him yeah. off penalty. the ball. He's getting flattened and it's a penalty. Yeah. He tackles me off the ball. And the, what the fuck, O'Keefe? Where's the pen there then? Just because it was insignificant and I could barely fucking feel it, is it, that's not the case. The case is it was a penalty and we could have won. <laughs> <laughs> Wait a minute, a remarkable kick from that point on the field. Um, actually, this is almost a serious question because it was lovely to see you start in that semi-final. And you got some feedback from my boys um, early in the tournament, which was around you flying out the defensive line and missing the occasional tap tackle. Your re- uh, riposte to them, which was fair, but probably over their heads, bearing in mind their age, was that they not noticed your scrummaging technique, <laughs> which is hard for a 10-year-old and a 12-year-old to do. But to be fair, there's a lot of pride back here, Jojo, at you and Cola Bear. Yeah, I, for Coley, obviously I was, Buzzing that I managed to get the chance to start a game as big as that as well. <clears throat> and the game plan we went in with suited me down to a T. It was set piece to set piece, walk, <laughs> kick the fucking lever off of it, and then more set piece. And hopefully we'll have enough, you know. Uh, but I was more pleased with Coley. You could definitely sense in him. He wouldn't have thought about it openly. He wouldn't have talked about it openly or been to it, but it would have been in the back of his mind that four years ago, he was, in my opinion, of um, I am biased, but it, he was hung out to dry a bit for being responsible for... Yeah, because he's come on after two minutes when Carl Sinclair's gone off concussed. Yeah, and there was a lot going on in that scrum, not just that side. And also... <clears throat> He wasn't the one that got skinned by Colby. So I actually fucked it up for him and then was happy for him to take the blame for four years. And 
you could you could sense in him that the redemption that he sort of got from that performance for him against South Africa to come for so he'd have loved the win of course we'd have all loved the win but it was a nice moment that he sort of felt after the game ah, like there was a big right I can actually finish on a little bit more respect than <laughs> what had happened four years ago so it was nice there was a lovely moment where the two of you we could see on CV where the two of you just sitting down next to each other on the bench can't remember if it was a little squeeze of the thigh from you to Cola there, but it was just a nice little, there we go, we did a job. Yeah, we did all right, mate. And then we fucking blew it. <laughs> we only went and fucking blew it and lost with the last kick. That is fucking last kick. Fair play to Pollard for that kick. It was unbelievable. I feel like uh, that was history repeating in many ways, having been at that semi-final um, between the Springboks and Wales in Yokohama four years ago mm. and pretty much the same time in the game, 77 minutes in that case. Um, and just watching him just as soon as he lines it up you just know he's going to bang it over don't you fair fucks to him they did alright and then they went and fucking did it again right so the fact they've won all three of their knockout games by a single point people have looked at this in two different ways some people have said well I mean they've only won by a single point in their three knockout games and then the opposing view is they managed to win by a single point in all three of their knockout games well it's irrelevant. No one gives a fuck. They they give a fuck now. But when they look back on history and, and South Africa won four World Cups or however, how, no one ever goes, oh, do you remember when they only won by one point? It was the same point. I was asked a question by some of the press early on. I think it was after the Japan game where Olivier Manier, is that how you say his name? Manier. Manier. Yeah, yeah Manier. <laughs> Olivier Magnat had come out. It was a big headline. Yeah, flanker saying, ugly England. Now, I first took that as, yeah, you're right. We're not the best looking lads, but it was more to do with the way we were playing the game and kicking the lever out of it and stuff like that. And that was the game plan, or at least part, part of the game plan we had. And the press asking about, you know, what do you think about these comments? Clive Woodward said this and all that. Lot. And I was like... When it comes to World Cups, no one cares. How, like in 2003, do you remember? You might remember because you're a fucking sports broadcaster, but do you really remember the style of rugby that teams won the tournament at? Or do you remember the fact they were lifting the, t the trophy at the final match? Well, here's one way of looking at it, right? So no one is bothered about the people who care about the result in 2003, people don't care about the score. They just care that Johnny banged it over. In 2011, when the All Blacks finally win and they win on home territory, right? They won by two points. No one cared. They just, all they cared was that the long wait since 1987 was over. And then what happened in 20... 2015 was slightly different. because uh, Let's not talk about 2015. Yeah, we never need one. to talk about that one Skip again. That one. 2007 was another painful one. Yeah. The Quato try that wasn't a try. Montgomery, Percy Montgomery banging it over. Yeah. All in all, mate, it was a fucking... From the shower of shit that we were going into the tournament, the five-month period, the growth in the team was huge. It was huge. Um, you In no way, after losing to... The first time an England team loses to Fiji at Twickenham, would I... I believe someone, oh, you'll probably finish third at this World Cup. I was like, mm, yeah, okay. 
but we did. We pulled together. We pulled our fingers out of our ass, and um, we had a good time doing it. There was a lot of special moments, actually, for a lot of old boys that won't do it again. Um, what yeah. was the one thing that you will never forget? The one memory from this World Cup? Probably breaking 100 on that, that <laughs> La Harder Lot golf course. That was I've still saved the ball. Oh, the La Plage. I've I've got the ball uh, and I've written 99 on it. And it's <laughs> like, <laughs> I'll put it on our socials if you're interested. I've just saved that as a word. <laughs> I'm not even shitting you. <laughs> no, there was loads, mate. There was loads. All the different parts of France that we went to were fucking brilliant. Paris is one of my favourites to just be in and out of. Um, I did Disney with the kids. The kids came out for five days on our bye week. So we did Disney with them and I've had to remortgage because fuck yes. me. They know how to do it, mate. They take the piss. Like, oh, it's not even getting in is the cheap bit. Oh, in the, it's another level that oh, fair play to them. It's they blow all our theme parks out of the water because everything is top notch. But why the fuck does there have to be some sort of sweet or crisp or confectionery or uh, earmuffs or ca caps stand every 50 meters? So you can't go from a fucking ride to ride without going, yeah, I'll buy you that. Yeah, I'll buy you that. And it's like, fuck's sake. It's just painful. So there was that. Um, Favourite roommate? Well, I only had one. Danny Kerr was my roommate my for the entirety. Mm. Um, we had some good times together. He's a fantastic roomie. Does he uh, keep a clean bathroom? Very clean. Very clean. Did you have your side of the sink and his side of the sink? Yes. And we had an up down, actually, a small up down. I was on the mezzanine oh. um, for the majority, and he was on the below, so I could stare at him from above. Did you, so you had a longer walk to the bathroom in I the did, middle of the night? I did. That was yeah. the issue. So yeah. I'd often take a couple of empty bottles up to my yeah, mezzanine. it's easier, isn't and it? And then just piss in the middle of the night in yeah. these bottles. Yeah. And there was an a couple of occasions where I'd forgotten to then go and empty them. <laughs> And I'm not proud of it. The cleaners had to deal with it. You know, I'm a grown man and I'm leaving fucking giant bottles of piss. But it was all so that my boy could still sleep his head away. Is that a thing? Not really. but Sleeping his head away. <laughs> I think it is a thing. Sleep the night away? Get um, his head down? Any other, any other moments of it? No, I, I'm, I guess I'm just really proud to have been part of a team that, you know, we had a lot going on, on and off the field, going into it and during it. And to then actually pull together to come away with a with a bronze medal is is something that I'm really proud of and I really enjoyed. Which is a lovely note to end on, except you didn't actually come away with a bronze medal because you didn't get one. No, well, I, I did get uh, sort of. I nearly John Terryed it. I nearly went back in the changing room, put some kit on, and nice. pretended and like muddied it up and tried to do it. But then I thought, fuck it, now I can't be asked with that. Yeah, no, I did get a, I did get a bronze medal. I did get it. Thank you. you collected up, it. Did you? Yeah, I did. Yeah, I went okay. up and collected it, and then went and stood with the lads. Mm. And then I made sure I wore it because I remember four years ago the amount of heat mm. we got for taking it off, as if like, oh my god. You're taking off your go your silver medals. You're, so, oh, you're such bad losers. I was like, well, yeah, I am a fucking bad loser. I've just lost the World Cup final, and I'll have a look at the medal after. Piss off! It's my medal. I'll do what I want with it. It's a good job I didn't put any of these tweets out, as advised by Steve. 
<laughs> my tweet advisor. Well, Tom, what would be your overall? Give it. Give me a quick summary as Tom Fordyce now of the World Cup, watching it with his boys, mm. and Tom Fordyce, sports journalist. 2007 in France. Yeah. Verd verdict. Don't worry about me being in the room of English rugby performance and moving forward. That's almost like a serious question, isn't it? So I think that in 2007, everything felt like a beautiful surprise after England got pumped in the group stages by South Africa 36-0. Everything felt like a beautiful surprise. And there was definitely elements of that this time. But I think expectations were held in check, shall we say. So I think that performance against Argentina was, was it good fun to watch? It was in some ways. And then it got squeaky against Fiji. So that was good fun. What you really want, I think, as a fan or a spectator or someone watching at home with your kids or your mates, is you want a succession of weekends. You want some big games at weekends. The quarterfinal weekend was insane. Yeah, because of the South Africa, France. What was it? South Africa, France? South Africa, France and Ireland. All Blacks, Ireland were unbelievable. Yeah. Unbelievable. The first half of South Africa, France might be the best 40 minutes of international rugby I can remember. It yeah. was nuts. So you had those and the, and the semi-final weekend was different. And then, you know, sometimes when you're watching a game and you can see exactly what's going to happen with the game in the first five minutes, that was the final. Yeah, and you, you you knew beforehand, but the way it went, and you you could probably see the result coming. I got ticked off by my boys for telling them after five minutes that South Africa, South Africa, were going to win without sc scoring a single try. But there we go. But uh, look, I love. So was that your journo opinion, or was that your dad opinion? Yeah, the two merge. I keep getting told not to tell not to tell everyone what's going to happen because mm -hmm. it's a bit nausy. But what I will say, Joe, and I sent you a little text along these lines for the semi final. After all this time we've spent together. I don't primarily think of you as a rugby player. Cheers. And I'm not alone in that. <laughs> <laughs> a number of... Yeah, you wouldn't be the only one. A number yeah. of rugby coaches around the country. Um, but it was lovely watching you enjoy yourself for England again because I know how hard you worked and I know that you went on your diet and you were working hard. When we were on tour in April and May, you were trying to get ready for this last big push. Yeah, packed so, in smoking, mate. You packed fucking... in smoking in December last year. I haven't smoked since December the 27th. No smoking, no vaping. Exactly. That's mega, isn't it? That's huge. Thanks. So to watch you start in that semi-final was lovely. And Thank to you. watch you do as well as you did made us all very proud. Oh, you soppy bastard. But thanks. So it is lovely to have you back, Jojo. We can go back in the studio now. We can go back to our favourite haunts. We can invite more guests and we can have more massive lunches in between the guests that we get on. Are you ready to begin again? I am ready! You will go on my first whistle, and then I'll go. He was more Scottish, John Anderson. You're ready! On my you, first whistle. You're giving me first whistle, and then on my second one, you just fucking go back to the studio. Yeah, putting it on. Is he still with us? John Anderson, I don't know. Went to, if his, he, house, if went he to his house once. Told you went story. to John Anderson's house? Yeah. He was a very good athletics coach. He coached uh, Liz, <laughs> he coached Liz that's, no, that, uh, that's, that's, a, that's an outro for another day. Yeah. Goodbye. Crowd Network. A place where you belong. Sports Social Podcast Network.